Welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week, my guest is Yashika. I actually didn't send her an intake form, so she is going to do the pleasure of introducing herself. Yashika, please tell us a little bit about yourself to my audience. All right, I will, but I just wanted to say really quickly, thank you for having me. My name is Yashika, and I founded Yashika's Intuition, which is a personal mastery platform for women that are looking for more out of life. They feel like they've done everything right, but they still are finding themselves unfulfilled or still feeling like something internal is missing in their life. And I connect them with resources to help them live a life of self-reflection and growth and just continue to level up internally because I believe that when you have that strong connection Connection to your inside, the outside will flourish in here. So that is who I am and that is what I do. Well, I love that. So I connected with Yashika through Facebook and I love that she pointed me out to a YouTube video that she posted. Talk about a little bit about your story and like what made you go down this spiritual journey. Oh my gosh. So it was a mess. And I think that (laughs) I hope, I think everybody's going to be able to relate because I think inherently that's what America is all about. So I grew up in a primarily Christian household. You know, you're taught to believe in God, be good, do all the things, go to college, get the good grades, get the house, the husband, blah, 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 blah. And so I found myself traveling that path and traveling it quite successfully. And I didn't really feel like I was unfulfilled. However, if I'm looking back now, I could say that I probably did feel like I was just going through the motions and just doing everything that I was conditioned to do. So what happened, though, is that unexpectedly, my husband said that he wanted a divorce. So that was the first thing that kind of turned my world upside down because we had just bought a new house. I had just got out of the Navy. I had a 13 career with the Navy, a 13 year career. And I was a Naval officer and I had let that go to come home and just be a a wife and be centered in family. And so I had no home, no marriage, no family connection. We were in Seattle all by ourselves. So that was the first thing. Yeah, it was freaking crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your service in the military. Thank you. (laughs) Seriously, it means a lot. I have so much like honor for people, especially women who have served in our military. But how long were you married until he decided he wanted a divorce? About the same time, about 13 years. 13 years? Yes, 13 years, yes. And if I wanted to, you know, again, hindsight is always twenty twenty. My last assignment in the Navy, I was stationed in Italy, and he wasn't able to come with me because of his job requirements. So maybe we grew apart, and I just didn't notice it. But it wasn't a conversation we had. It wasn't a shift in energy I noticed. It just kind of suddenly and traumatically fell apart. Yeah. Did you guys marry at an early age? Oh, yes. By the time we got married, I think I had, I was 21. But I think I met him when I was 19. And then he was 25. So a little bit older, but yeah, still babies. We didn't know ourselves. (laughs) We're just doing what we were conditioned to do. Yeah, but it definitely sounded like it came out of left field, especially if you just bought a house. So it wasn't like 
it wasn't like all of a sudden you guys have been drifting apart. You're buying a house, which is a huge commitment. I mean, what, a 30 year mortgage that you're signing in. And now all of a sudden, I mean, you couldn't have thought of that before we signed the paper. Oh, don't, don't think I didn't ask. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? We could have, and, and right, and I didn't have a career because I had just ended that. So I'm like, dude, if you were feeling this way, all you had to do was say something before, before we went through all of this. And what was his excuse? Do you mind me asking? He didn't really say anything. It's like he just flipped a personality and it's hard to explain because he just became very, very distant and just within the span of, I would say, a month, just very angry. So I don't know what happened. I, I do know that he had taken a job on the police force. And in my opinion, I didn't feel like it fit him because he's, he's he was a big, muscular, tough guy, but his personality wasn't tough. And I don't know if the stress has started to wear on him. I, I still feel like he that job is not where he should be. But I, I don't know, to tell you the truth, there was never an explanation. So what was your first thought after he asked for the divorce? What was your next item to do? <laughs> okay, so my first thought was, is he sure? And I wasn't going to be one of those women that was going to try to convince somebody to be with me if they didn't want to be. But I did give him opportunities for us to open up a dialogue around, is this truly what he wanted? And he wasn't very open with me. He wasn't very receptive with me. And so now my conversation to myself internally is like, now what do I do from here? Where do I go from here? One thing that I did note is that I'm not the first woman that went through divorce. And a lot of the times we get really attached to the material things that we have built in our relationship, even though statistically, financially, by keeping the house, the car, all of that stuff, we put ourselves in a worse off position than if we had gave it to our spouse. So when I left, I left with nothing but a bedroom set. So for me, it was about rebuilding from there. Where do I go from there? What kind of life do I want to live from there? And that's how my journey started to progress into spirituality because everything that I thought that I had lived for was gone right there, right? Everything we're taught to live for. And it's like, I, I didn't have anything. And that's when I realized that I was building my life on something that wasn't me. It was disconnected. It wasn't sustainable. And I learned very quickly that when you build your life on things outside of yourself, those things can get taken away and you don't have anything left. Yeah, because you're basically building your life for show. You know, everyone else's approval, like, hey, I have the husband, I have the kid, I have the house, I did everything that you told me to do, and I'm living the best life because you're just looking for other people's approval versus asking yourself, what makes me happy? And is this relationship the relationship that I want to be in? Totally, totally. And if we are honest with ourselves, if you look at life and you look at the things that are going to cause you ups and downs in life, they are usually not things that are happening internally to you. They are things that happen in your outer relationships or your outer circumstances that impact you. So the more that we can learn to be grounded in our truth and who we really are and not who people tell us we are, I think that the more even killed our life is and the more purposeful our life is. And, and that's the space where I had to rebuild from. So then the spiritual part came in. Just all of a sudden, I heard a voice 
And I didn't know what that voice was at the time because I was not a spiritual person, had still grew up in the church, not deep in the church, just like go to church every Sunday church. So I had moved into a studio apartment. So I was in a studio apartment. I hadn't had my furniture delivered. So I had an air mattress and a TV. That's all I had. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of time for quiet and reflection and all that, because there's nothing to do. And so that voice was able to come through very clearly. And it said, get a tarot reading. And I'm like, what, what the heck is a tarot reading? I didn't even know what it was. Never heard of it didn't know anybody that did them. So I just kind of tucked it away. And when I would drive to work, because by that time I had got a job as a nurse, I would pass a tarot place. And it was one of those, you you guys know them, the seedy places with the... With the hand in the front and it says, I could tell your fortune. Yeah. Exactly. And so I started trying to call that place and no one answered. But then that voice that I heard wouldn't get out of my head. So I went into a phone book and I looked up this place that was close to my house. And there, it looked legit. It felt good. So I started looking at the pictures of the readers to pick the person that I wanted to do my reading. And I called the place, say, hey, I want a tarot reading. And they were like, well, on the day that you have available, they only have this lady named Rose. And I was still in my you know, left brain, Christian, analytical mode. I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody named Rose. I mean, that's like a hippie diffy name. I don't want to talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) But they were like, that's all you have available. So I I was open-minded. I went and I got this reading. Rose changed my life. And I, I talked to my new husband. I talked to him about this all the time and he doesn't believe me. But when I went in and got this reading, I went in lost, broken, Started my life over. I didn't have a sense of direction. I was still a little bit in denial about the fact that I truly was going to get a divorce. I thought maybe, hey, we just need some time to cool off. But after getting this reading from Rose, when she told me, you know, you have more power than you think you are. And going back to him is a choice. You you can do it or you cannot do it. You know, she empowered me by showing me that I didn't have to give my power away to my ex-husband or to any other circumstance. If I could find out who I truly was, I could have anything that I wanted. And that is all I needed to hear to get my butt in gear and to really start to do the spiritual work that I needed to do to connect with my inner vision, my voice, and become the woman that I am today. So it was very powerful. So how did it feel? I mean, obviously you're a Christian or were a Christian, or do you still consider yourself a Christian? What would you call yourself? I consider myself spiritual. So I think there's elements of Christianity that I certainly adopt. I go to church sometimes. I I get the message, but I, I wouldn't label myself as any one religion at all. So when before, though, before you went to go get this tarot card reading, I mean, did you have some sort of like hesitation or resistance thinking, you know, we were taught in the Bible that there's this is wrong. And you know what I mean? Because I mean, I was raised the same thing. Like, don't go to a psychic. Don't go to a tarot card reading. Don't they're witches and they're this and they're that. So did you have any apprehension or were you just like, this is what the voice told me to do. So I'm going to go do it. I didn't have apprehension at that time. And I think the reason why I didn't is because I was at rock bottom. And I think that sometimes when we're at rock bottom, we're more open to just getting any kind of answers that are going to make us feel good and give us clarity. 
Now, when I did start to question what I was doing versus what I was taught was when I started to learn tarot on my own and I started to delve more into my spiritual journey. And that's when those questions started to come up. And for me, I often go back to the original source of the information rather than what people tell me because I had just learned, right, the last few years in my life that I've been living by what other people told me wasn't right. And I started reading verses and paragraphs in the Bible about new moon rituals, about meditation, about all of these different things that people were telling us was evil and was wrong and was dark. And so from there, I just was able to rectify my truth and what I read. But then also through meditation, I was able to see that the Bible is a very powerful tool, but it is something that is connected with human interpretation. And I think that meditation showed me that there's a different level to life just by the experiences that I was able to have while meditating. Yeah, absolutely. So for the listeners who have never had a tarot card reading or don't even know what tarot cards are, how would you explain it to them? So I feel like tarot cards are a tool. I think deep inside of us, we all have this this information and this inner knowing that we carry with us throughout life, no matter what. And I think that life can get noisy. And because life gets noisy, we often lose that, that connection to that voice. And so what I think tarot cards are, are just little pictures and symbols that help you to connect to the inner guidance that you already have in your heart and in your soul. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that explanation. I think we all have that inner guide. And, and if those of you who believe in God and Christianity and the Bible, I mean, the Bible definitely says that God breathed, breathed air into your lungs. And so he's inside of you. So that inner voice can be God. It's just all about how you interpret and how you're open to the idea of knowing that your inner guide is actually your creator, the source, the divine spirit. I mean, there's so many words for the universe <laughs> that we really can't categorize it as just one thing. So tell us a little bit more about your spiritual journey. So after you discovered tarot cards, did, was there anything else that you learned? Oh, yeah. So I started off with tarot cards and then I was called to learn how to do Reiki. So I went on to become a Reiki master, learned a lot about crystals. So learned how to incorporate crystal healing into the tarot readings and the Reiki energy. And that whole evolution has now just evolved into me coaching other women that want to connect to their authentic, genuine self so they can call in that authentic, genuine life to be able to do that through not only the tarot or the crystals or even astrology, because I do that as well, but then to also make sure you, you, know, you keep your feet on the ground with some practical personal development and self-reflection as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just like being open to seeing other sides of how people think. Because I've gone to get a Reiki and everything works for people differently. Like I've had a Reiki uh, master. I've had a tuning fork. <laughs> I've done the tuning fork session. I've done an emotion code session. You know, I've done yoga. I've done meditation. I've even been in one of those pods where it's like completely black and it's like salt water and it, you've, it's a float tank. 
Have you ever been in one of those? I want to try that. No, I want to try it. Yeah. It's all about trying to quiet. Like you said, life gets super busy. I mean, we are constantly being fed who we should be and who we should not be with media and with marketing. And it's like, if we just quiet that outer world and be still, which is actually in the Bible, be still, you know, and listen to the voice, which is I am, you know, and he, it says it in the Bible. Like, this is like, I tried to explain it to my sister, like, you need to meditate. And she's like, I pray. And I'm like, well, yeah, prayer is a different form of meditation because you're asking and meditation is being still and waiting for the answer. I, it's just like the way we've been interpreted. And I think honestly, religion plays a big factor in telling us what we shouldn't do. <laughs> yeah, I'm fortunate to say this, or I don't really want to say it like this, but I think that sometimes religion has us give away some of that power. And I think that even if you go and you look at some of the great leaders of the Bible, they own that power and they own that power through spending quiet time on mountaintops to get the voice of God, to be able to bring the message back to the people. So we can do semantics all day around if meditation is right or wrong or if something is evil or not. But if you really logically look at what was going on with the great leaders, they were doing the stuff that we're using today to become better people and become more connected, not only to ourselves, but like you said, to God, the creator, universe, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. And, you know, we're not sitting here saying that all religion is bad. Absolutely not. I'm just saying, be open to other spiritual practices. And if it works for you, it works for you. Like Reiki didn't work for me. I honestly didn't feel anything. You know, <laughs> But, you know, I've had a tuning fork session and, you know, I, you know, I felt something there. I didn't feel anything in the float tank because I was too paranoid that I was going to drown in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I couldn't quiet my mind. It's like every spiritual practice works differently for people. Like some people really rave about yoga and I personally don't like yoga, you know? Mm -hmm. I'll do it, but uh -uh, it's not my thing. Right? It's like you have to find a spiritual practice that calms your soul, your mind, and gives you peace of mind. And if you find peace, then you could really start asking yourself, the serious questions, right? Like, what am I here for? What do I need to do? How can I be of service for other human beings? You know, because I think I really truly believe I think it was Eckhart Tolle who said this, it was, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. I totally agree with that. And we are energy and energy never ceases to exist. So I mean, why not put out loving, kind, gentle energy versus like, you're not fitting into my box of religion, you know, so I don't know. Is there anything else that you would like to share, Yashika? I just think that at the end of the day, if any of you that are listening are struggling with this and want or feel called to try other things in your practice, but feel a little bit fearful, like we've talked about today, to just go back to also literal meanings of words. To be a spiritual being is just to believe in a power that is higher than what you are on a day-to-day -day and to be devoted to that power. So again, whatever makes you feel like you're connected to that power and devoted to that power, just be open to exploring that and connecting to that because once you find that, I promise you, life will be so much easier. You will have more clarity. You'll make better decisions and your life will move more in flow. 
Yeah. You'll let the unfolding happen as it's supposed to happen rather than placing resistance. And why is this happening to me? (laughs) Yes. That's a learn a hard way. Because then again, we go, yeah, then again, we go back to the ideal of what we were told it's supposed to be. So when it's not unfolding the way we were told it was supposed to be, then we have resistance. And then we have, you know, sadness, sorrow, anger, hate, you know, we have all this resistance against the unfolding of life. I don't know. So as we wrap up this episode, Yashika, what would be your nugget of wisdom for someone who is trying to explore a new spiritual practice? I think if you're trying to explore a new practice, I would explore it with the eyes of a child and just be curious and just be playful about it. Don't go into it with any expectations because you do you do tend to drum up resistance when you do that. But at the same time, I feel like when something comes up, even if it doesn't sound right like it didn't for me, or even if it's something that you would have never thought about, be brave enough to trust that because what comes up and you following that and honoring that and trusting that and acting on that can totally change the trajectory of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said do it with curious mind and a mind of a child, because then we're not actually (laughs) resisting, like you said, and it's good because if and honestly, honestly, you have that inner guide and that gut feeling. If it feels uncomfortable and it's not something that makes you feel peace, then don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Move on to the next spiritual practice. You know, we're not saying one is right or the other one is wrong. We're just saying, do what gives you peace of mind and lets your soul sing. So thank you guys again for listening to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. You can find the Fearless Female Movement on Facebook at Fearless Female Movement. You can find me on Instagram at Fearless Female Podcast. You can find my personal Instagram at Paola Rosser. Yashika, how can my listeners find you? They can go to yashikasintuition.com and from there they can connect to all my social platforms as well as my blog and classes and everything. That's awesome. Thanks again for listening. Journey of a Fearless Female. Tune in next week for another episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.